What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the City Image Podcast. I believe this is episode 29. Glad to have you guys rocking with us. You guys know who you're listening to. I am Bryant, the Theological Giant, and I'm glad to not be in the house by myself. I got a full house with me. Let them know who you are. This is Andy, a.k.a. Young Nassau County. That's good. That's what's up, brother. Good to see you. Likewise, like fresh, fresh off of marriage, yes. <laughs> fresh yes. off of uh, Portugal. Yeah, yeah, man, and Taiwan, and Taiwan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Briefly, how was that? That was amazing, man. Portugal, <laughs> a beautiful country, amazing. And then we went to Taiwan uh, to meet my wife's family. Okay. So yeah, it was man, dope. Portugal. That seems like a great place to get romantic. Yes, yeah. I'm not gonna. <laughs> that's a different podcast, man. A different <laughs> podcast <laughs> episode coming up, but. Oh, Come on, but he's not by himself. Who else is a guy in the building with me? Let him know. Varlene, a.k.a. the Wild Thornberry. What's okay. up? <laughs> Got to see you guys. Got yeah. to see you. Got to see you. Who else? It's Lordess the Principal, a.k.a. the woman <laughs> with Principal. Hey, Yo, y'all. what up, Lordess? I'm out here. Out here? I'm you out, out here, here? Doing your thing? <laughs> That's yeah, what's man. up, man. Good, man. Well, well, we in the house today. I know we had a couple episodes where... People were doing their own, not doing their own thing, but um, we had like interviews recorded and, you know, it feels like it's been a minute since we've been all in the same place. So, you know, it's good, man. Um, we got a, a very, uh, I won't say fun topic, but interesting topic. It's kind of fun. Uh, we're talking about social media and um, I guess what it's looking like for believers or folks of the Christian worldview to interact with everything that is social media, mm-hmm. the positives of social media, the, the negatives, um, how social media has really led to what we call cancel culture. Uh, so we want to be looking through all that and thinking about what it looks like for us as believers to navigate that in a really wise way. So. Yeah, stay tuned, keep it locked. You listen to the City Image Podcast. City Image. episode we literally recorded this episode right before more news came out about the charges being dropped and we understand it's still a developing situation so we're not going to render a verdict on why the charges were dropped but we believe that the case that we made still is pretty relevant um, because it was really supposed to point to the larger issue of social media culture. But we do want to acknowledge that the conversation does not acknowledge the recent news concerning Jesse Smollett. 
All right, we're back. Social media. <laughs> we're living in a digital age, people. <laughs> How yeah. now shall we live? Got cell phones our, out all the time. Cell phones out. Oh. Yeah, now we shall all got cell phones out. <laughs> and, uh, At all the wrong times. Yes. Yeah. And we're interacting. So how might we do that? Um, so that's what we're talking about here uh, today on City Image um, and just kind of how the rise of social media's influence on our lives, how that's kind of affected us and yeah. positives, negatives, where do we go from here, right? So, um, so you know, we felt like a good place to kind of center the beginning of the discussion is one that is uh, kind of a, a current events topic that, that's captivated us all in one way right. or another. It's kind of been a, a roller coaster ride, but the, the Jussie Smollett mm-hmm. uh, situation. So, Lourdes, would you mind taking us through what we're talking about <laughs> specifically? Lord, Jussie, Jussie, Jussie. <laughs> so, a few months ago, Jussie Smollett, um, who is an actor on Empire, came out and made a report saying that he was the victim of a heinous hate crime where he was attacked because he was both gay and black. Um, in Chicago, he said that there were two men wearing MAGA hats, and we know how we all feel about MAGA, uh, wearing two MAGA hats and attacked him in the middle of the night in Chicago. It was later found out that he, well, the Chicago police accused him of filing a false report and he's currently being indicted for 16 counts of felony. Hmm. Um, And he is dealing with this litigation right now. And folks are having reactions like there were very visceral reactions when he first made the report, the claim that said he was a victim of a hate crime. A lot of celebrities came out in support of him. People made him their profile pictures. People were sending oh, tweets and, and Instagram statuses and Facebook statuses. Their about thoughts and their prayers. Their thoughts and prayers for Jesse. Um, and then people had an opposite visceral reaction when they so found out. So you mean to tell me you had me praying to Jesus for no reason? <laughs> right. Like, that had me pissed. Yeah. And, you know, there, there are people on both sides of it. Like some people are like... You know, uh, they don't believe the Chicago police because the Chicago police has had a very poor Facts. history with minority victims. But then on the other side, people are like, nah, Chicago PD got some receipts that Jesse is, is possibly yeah. really lying. And so. what was these MAGA dudes doing watching Empire? That, they could rec- <laughs> that doesn't make sense at all. That's one. And it was like <laughs> negative below zero plus. Like it was really cold in Chicago at night. So it's like, why are these people out here attacking Jesse Smollett of all people in this polar vortex type weather? Yeah. So they're, they're just a lot of like... Um, discrepancies with his story and that's why he's been led to this this indictment now yeah that's um very crazy and very tragic but i think the thing we wanted to key in on was the social media reaction right and how um we immediately felt the need to voice our support without really knowing the facts right without really letting things simmer for a little bit um, our heartstrings were pulled because we're in a culture where we're very well, we're becoming much more sensitive to the oppression of individuals who are minorities and individuals who are part of the LGBTQ community and the ways they face discrimination and seeing someone who is both black and a part of the LGBTQ community um, suffer from a hate crime well that just that just checks all the boxes mm-hmm. right yeah. and everyone there are people who are just salivating just waiting like okay we have to make this we have to champion this issue because um 
this is what uh, this is part. Well, this is this is a perfect example of what we've been trying to fight for. And Jesse knew that. Jesse knew that him being a part of those both those worlds would get the reaction that it would get, and he wanted to become a you know I guess a seen as some sort of hero or freedom fighter. And this is why he chose to do what he did. So. Yeah, and what's so sad about the whole situation is now a lot of people who want to say that these things are false issues or just emotional, sensational issues now kind of have this... uh, Ammunition. Ammunition that they could run with, uh, not that they would necessarily care to begin with, but, you know... um, So, all right, kind of doing a autopsy of this whole situation and thinking what what were the impulses... Uh, kind of behind this whole phenomenon that we could kind of dissect and then maybe pull some some good uh, principles out of or, or just some good warning signs or red flags. Like, what about social media culture uh, led to, to something like this happening? Um, I think, so Jesse Smollett, like, hit this whole situation played on a lot of our sensitivities. We're, like, thinking about where we are in culture right now. Mm-hmm. So we have the president that we have where his, you know, Make America Great Again campaign has been linked to a lot of white nationalism. It plays on a lot of people's racial fear, so you have that. Then you also have, right now, a lot of the LGBTQ movement that's getting, um, you know, a lot of play and, like, is really big right now. So knowing that we have social media where where information gets shared really, really quickly and people have platforms where they're talking about things. If you have this man who falls into those camps that is talking about like these areas are now being used to victimize a person like people are going to jump on the bandwagon with that. And yeah. I, I, rightfully so, I think. But you have stars like Taraji P. Henson, um, a lot of other people that were coming out in support of him and trying yeah. to make this an issue because We've seen the police department, you know, brutalize Absolutely. black men, um, especially in Chicago, where they were running torture rings in in, in Chicago within the yeah. um, Chicago PD. So if you hear this issue and people are going to want to get behind it. So he played on that sympathy. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So some some of the social media impulses that led to this were actually quite, quite positive. Mm. So if we look back, you know, we see that. Uh, you know, Twitter has been a tool that's used to give people voices that may yeah. have not had that and move the needle on topics like, you know, the Trayvon Martin shooting, which may have not, you know, kind of resulted in George Zimmerman getting arrested if it wasn't for people hashtagging and people yeah. really mobilizing via that. So, yeah, and I was going to say that I, I totally agree. Um, t- Twitter, social media, hashtags. Um, honestly, for someone like me, I'm not really on a lot of news sites. So mm-hmm. where I get my news first is actually social media. Mm-hmm. Like Likewise, I just, yeah. you know, log on to Facebook, see a news feed or Twitter, see a hashtag. And so social media is this great mobilizing force that raises awareness and galvanizes um, people to rally behind oftentimes what is very legitimate causes. And oftentimes the media is slow to recognize certain things but hashtags from the right people can really blow up and a thousand retweets later and now you've got a movement, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot that's good there, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I feel like almost every major, and this is just me, maybe this is bad, but I feel like almost every major 
incident of police brutality that I've been aware of, probably aware of it first through social media. Maybe that's just a testament of how much I'm on Facebook and Twitter, <laughs> <laughs> which I need to fall back on. But this is the 21st century. This is how a lot of people get their news. And so social media has been very good in that respect to yeah. make that stuff at the I forefront. The, oh, sorry. I think about like with the Philando Castile shooting um, recently, like I found out about protests that we were going to have in Brooklyn and going to have in New York. Mm -hmm. and was able to go to those because of social media campaigns, because of hashtags like it got shared so quickly and people were able to mobilize. And there were thousands of people that were marching on Fifth Avenue in response to that situation. Yeah. Yeah. So social media is, as you guys mentioned, just bringing a lot of accountability Right. Mm -hmm. Um, In a very fast way, Mm -hmm. swift justice, swift accountability. Right. I want to like unpack and dig a little bit deeper on that, because I guess the it's the swiftness of it that actually caused the whole Jesse Smollett situation to begin Mm -hmm. with. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, what about kind of like the reactive reactionary nature, which isn't just an issue in terms of the Jesse Smollett situation, but a lot of ways that kind of dictated the 2016 election mm. in a lot of ways that's kind of dictated the, the news cycle and the political and kind of like this toxic political uh, landscape that we have now in a lot of ways has kind of made a lot of our social circles very toxic. So what, what about that reactionary impulse is uh, harmful, powerful? What, what is to make of that? I think we don't get a lot of time to actually process what's going on. And so we're ending up looking like fools at the end of certain Mm -hmm. situations, like the Jesse Smollett situation, um, because we just are reacting on emotion and we're reacting on uh, just the little information that we know at the time. And so it doesn't give us enough time to actually um, think about how we should respond Mm. pretty much. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We can't be thoughtful. Right. Mm. Mm. You know, we're just like, we're not thinking before we speak. We just speak and we're just like, ah. Yeah. We're just reacting. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. not always good to just react um, right away. Yeah. And that is, and it's not saying that we always need, quote, like we need facts right away, but it's just actually looking at the situation for what it is and um, just taking a step back just for a couple minutes. Yeah. Not saying that you're going to take like, you know, three years to answer, but just taking a step back for a couple minutes Letting letting this letting the stories or the situation sit for a little bit and think and then make a response to it so that, you know, we're not looking like fools at the end of the day. Yeah. Even beyond being react, like too responsive before we get the full information, I feel like it takes me a day to process even minor events in my life. Right. And now I'm like in real time processing publicly like these very complex, often, <laughs> right. sometimes it's pretty straightforward, but sometimes it's very complex and nuanced stuff that, you know, bears maybe a conversation right. rather than kind of I a, mean, Lord just broke down the whole story. Like there, like you said, there were a lot of things going on with that situation. That's what made I mean, it the, so juicy. He was walking around with a noose on his neck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a lot. Yeah. I mean... I'm just like, you just took me back to slave time. Like, you know, mm. you just took me back to lynching. I can't react right away. Like I have to really like sit down and process, pray, cry, maybe, you know, because like you're, you, you just like mustered up so much mm. that now I, if I say something, I'm probably going to say something really stupid, you yeah. know, yeah. or I'm just going to say something that like is just not going to really like, 
be what I really meant to say, but I just needed to say it because that's just how I felt at that moment, mm. you know? Mm. Yeah, I think about with the way that social media is structured, um, just like if you have your timeline in front of you, you're constantly just scrolling up um, and news stories are posted every five seconds and there's this constant like immediacy that happens. So there's a, a kind of like FOMO that happens, like this fear mm. of missing out that if I don't say something in this moment yes. about this particular situation, yes. I'm not going to be on the current wave uh, or yes. I'm not going to be on the cutting edge or the cusp of news because it's going to pass by. I only have like five seconds seconds to yes. either double click for, for heart. I don't even think they do that anymore. Just like hit, hit like or, you know, say something or it's the moment is going to be over. So there's this kind of like, impulse that happens like yes. i have to say something because i don't want to miss the moment and to Fear add to of that fomo that's good i never heard that before yeah. fomo okay and the to add to that there are people who have made it a part of their mission in terms of what they really do you know to be um freedom fighters in a sense people who advocate for justice and so they especially feel the need to speak out during these moments. Yeah. Like something goes down, you hear about it. People are looking to you to hear your response. Mm, yeah. It's a tremendous amount of pressure for you to go, actually, let me think about this. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know about this. <laughs> yeah. Like imagine if someone like Sean King would have waited five days before yeah. he posted something or, or some other person who we look to. It's just like you, People, I don't want to say it's almost like this business sense, but their personalities who've built their entire fame off of talking about these issues. And we need people like that in the community. I'm not knocking it, but the reality is it doesn't help when something like this goes down and you feel like this is why you are a, a, a huge part of your calling is to interact with stuff like this. Right. So I know for me personally, um, I haven't been too active on social media these days. You know, there are things that have happened that I've spoken out on. But, you know, I was I was really happy that Jesse Small that happened and I didn't say anything. <laughs> Me <Yo>. too, <laughs> dog. <laughs> I, was, I was really happy. Like, dang, I don't got to retract no posts. I don't got to delete nothing. I don't got to be like, yeah, man. I don't got to like... I don't have to even come out and condemn Jesse now because I didn't say anything in the first place. Right. So... You know, it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, sometimes it pays just to not always speak on everything. But I I sympathize with the people who feel called to speak and who feel like this is such a burden to them. And so how do you balance that out where it's like, I, f I feel very passionate about these issues. I feel called to speak on these issues. But not everybody who claims to be a victim might actually be telling the truth. Right. And how do you balance that? You know, so... Yeah. So, so being responsive in and of itself is almost kind of like a, like a neutral thing, which could be used for good or for bad. And it's kind of like, how do we, yeah. where's our heart at? And what is, what is the principles we're going to use to actually like develop this and utilize this or choose to completely sit out? Yeah. Um, just a sidebar. I wasn't online that much, I guess, when the Jesse Smollett... Why, why didn't you guys... Was it like sus from the jump? Or it was, was so sus from the jump. And, you know, I now he's allegedly not telling the truth, but there was... I was online that day when the story came out and just the... the yeah. Just the 
pace at which people were posting yeah. his picture and talking about right. it. First of all, I had to ask myself, I was like, what happened? I'm at work. I haven't yeah. really read the yeah, whole yeah, yeah. tea just sure. yet. I didn't dissect. <laughs> so let me, you know, take, you know, when I have a break, let me go and actually read what's going on. Then when I was reading the story, I mean, it was freezing in New York that day. And it was even more freezing in Chicago. So just like hearing the details of the story, wait, like, wait, people were out at this time of night yeah. with I, nooses and bleach. I'm sorry. I, I didn't even, I sorry, I didn't even listen to the story once I heard the MAGA hats. I said, this, this just don't sound right. <laughs> they don't watch Empire. <laughs> like, 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 on the nose. <laughs> that, it sounds that too had, convenient. Yes. Like, I don't know. Like, it just, the MAGA hats like just turned me off to the story 100% because it was just like, this is where we're going to go with the story. I understand we hate Donald Trump, but it just seemed too, like, targeted. <laughs> Cookie cutter. Yeah. Like, you get what and I'm saying? And they put a noose like, around my neck yeah. and they have MAGA right. hats. Yeah, like, it just really? sounded too cookie cutter. And I was like, this sounds way too staged <laughs> yeah. that... I'm not even listening to this story no more. I want to see where this goes. I just wanted to know, like, what what was their profession? Like, where were they on the way to? Y'all had a noose. Y'all had bleach. Like, where? <laughs> like, what what was going on? What kind of party was y'all on y'all way to that y'all just ran into Jesse Smollett and right, y'all just in the middle of the night? Yeah, like, like you, you know, did y'all plan this maga noose hanging party? Like, what yeah. was going? On? It just it did not sound right to me. So I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna post anything. And then there was a, a screenshot of like Lee Daniels had a conversation with him a couple of days later where um, he showed they were on FaceTime and it showed a picture of Jesse Smollett. And he had this tiny baby scratch on his face. And I was like, wait, these people <laughs> beat you, Allegedly kicked your ribs, hung, hung you with a noose and pour bleach on you. And you have this little tiny paper cut on your face like this does not match what you're saying to me. Like, I would be expecting that you were bruised up. So I personally opted yeah. out of posting anything because it didn't really sit well with my yeah. spirit. For me, in general, I've just been, to be honest with you, I've been discouraged about social media in general. Mm. And I've just been discouraged by a lot of the voices I've seen on social media, a lot of the... I see the fighting that I've seen on social media to mm. where it's actually... I've actually kind of pulled away from it a lot in general. Um, I still log on. I still check things. But for me, I don't know. I feel like if I've wanted to speak out on something, things like City Image has been where I feel like I've wanted to articulate myself. Social media has just been this place where I've just seen a lot of conflict, even among Christians, Mm -hmm. where it's just been like so discouraging that I actually it's actually kind of depressing, to be honest with you. And so I've tended to not really speak out on that platform as mm. much. That was my primary motivation. Um, I was still listening and trying to hear things about the Jesse Smollett case. I, w- I had my suspicions, but my primary motivation was I just that social media and me are kind of in a rough spot. Mm. I, I do feel like I want to get more active on it, but it's just been like what comes with the platform of social media as just it, it looks crazy to me sometimes, you know. Um, Was yeah. there like a specific fighting that had you like, nah, I'm good on this? Um, to this day, I see a lot of people fighting on Christians just fighting on social media. Like even now, I was just logged on, and you've had, you know, I've seen the BDN, the Anthony Bradley, and they're they're arguing with James White over reparations, and there's this whole discussion right now about reparations and how Christian it is, and and now those don't don't get me wrong, those important discussions to have, but it just seems like every time I log on on Twitter, 
somebody's quoting somebody and saying this doesn't make sense because of X, Y, Z. And we've got these factions. Um, Anthony Bradley likes to call them the 1689 um, Baptist. The, the 1689 London Baptist Confession is a confessional document that James White and a lot of other Reformed Baptists subscribe to. So Anthony Bradley likes to call them 1689 Twitter, where it's like these quote unquote angry white evangelicals of the Baptist brand that are heavily criticizing a lot of, you know, um, black Christian thinkers, authors, as they continue to advocate for things like justice and speak out on that issue. Um, you hear the term cultural Marxism, t- t- you know, tossed out a lot. And so for me, it's just like I log into Twitter and on my news feed, I got my Christian brothers and sisters going back and forth. Mm-hmm. And it's just really depressing. Yeah. It is. And I think when you <laughs> really when you see those type of uh, discourse happen, I automatically think about the Christian person who probably not there yet, hasn't really formed their thoughts on it. But then they're like side with James White or they'll side with Tabidi. And yeah, it just becomes absolutely. like like this that is cancel my culture. I fo- I've canceled James White. I've canceled Tabidi. Nobody's redeemable. This is somebody that I'm totally not listening to anymore. Yeah. I think that can be very toxic, yeah. you know? And so I, that is very, I agree, disheartening to see because you think about the people who are watching those conversations on a greater scale and you don't know where their thought processes are when they're watching, when they're looking yeah. at that happen. It's, high, it's, it's a highly, highly divisive atmosphere right now. Yeah. Highly divisive atmosphere. And I have personal friends. You know, one of my closest friends, Akemini, she's called her. She's she's a celebrity now. Shouts out to Akemini. But just seeing the things she posts and the attacks she gets and she has to respond and this and that and third. It's just like, oh, gosh. When does this stuff end? Like, I, for me, I, listen, I have ambition. I want a platform, you know, and part of me it looks to social media to have that platform mm. and there's always dreams of developing that platform. But then when you see what kind of comes with that platform, it's like, yeah, I might fall back. I don't know if I really want yeah. this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Fame is, you know, having people look to your voice seems amazing, but you have to be ready to have your detractors. And how do you respond in a Christian way to your detractors? And all? Yeah. I don't even want to get on this topic, yeah. but you know, we went here. People yeah. legit will, have a whole site based on absolutely. like refuting you. Like absolutely. that's crazy. Yeah. Absolutely. Like you had time today, friend. Yeah, like absolutely. you, you, you breaking down all my arguments. Like you really, oh my God. you had time to be in my comments. On, yeah. Or I'm sorry. I don't know what, what I said that made you this mad, but you are a big man. It happens all the time. So there's, t- there's part of the reason why on Facebook, I have not really shared my opinions is because somebody going to pull up in my comment section, going to say something crazy and I'm going to spend the next six hours debating you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because I will not let you give me the smoke in public. You will not give me the smoke in public. So now I'm going to take the next six hours of my day going yeah. back and forth with you because I wanted to post this article and you disagree. So it's stuff like that that make you go, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut because I don't really want to do it. I mean, sometimes, you know, you can just feel free to post what you want and if somebody says something, they say something, but I know me. I know you're not going to check me on social media. So <laughs> yeah. I just know, all right, what's this going to lead to? So 
So there's this kind of like censorship that happens with social media in a sense where it's supposed to be this like free thought, like you post your uh, opinions, but actually like there's this fear of like, if I post something, is somebody going to step all the way off of their timeline onto mine and Mm. give me their opinion? So it kind of like censors you and silences you from like posting your real thoughts. Mm -hmm. And then there's kind of this like hive think that happens on social media where it's like, oh, I have to have this opinion about this because... Because if I have a dissenting opinion, then everybody and their mother's going to come for me. Like even in in the case of like Jussie Smollett, when that situation first happened, if I had said, hey, guys, I don't know if I believe this story on day one when it happened. (laughs) You get canceled. Oh, I would have been canceled. Okay, like (laughs) there's no more me. But and then afterwards, people were like, oh, okay, Uh, I guess we we was a little wrong. Canceled you too soon. Yeah, but they're they're my subscription. Yeah, you know, let me let me let me get back on your wave. But there definitely is this like this censorship that happens where like you cannot have a different opinion from anyone else on social media, or you're canceled. Absolutely. Yeah, so, uh, Lourdes, I mean, you know, what you just said really kind of reminds me of this. There's this, like, general psychological theory that people that have a higher intelligence usually question their opinions more. (laughs) And that people with lower intelligence are usually very confident that they're right. And so they're actually louder and quicker to give their opinion. And I feel like that in and of itself kind of explains the internet like yes. you, so what you trying to say, trying to say yeah, so sorry yo, sorry to all, anyone listening yo, who might yo. be ready with the I sort think of Andy's trying to say sorry times. not sorry right. but I'm saying you dumb now right. well, I mean there's a level of truth to that though because I do feel like once you are aware of what you don't know right and a greater level of education exposes you primarily to what you don't know mm. right you you are a little bit more you tend to, it's not a hundred percent either way, but you tend to be a little bit more like methodical and thoughtful and open to critiquing yourself and that sort of thing. But there are a lot of people who are very intelligent that because of the fact that they're intelligent, they think that they are right. Right. Yeah. So Which doesn't really lend itself to to such a fast cycle. Exactly. Right? So um you guys kind of brought this up briefly, but but it's probably worth going into cancel culture in and of itself and 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 what are the impulses behind that uh is it healthy is it unhealthy is it a mix of both yeah we define a cancel culture by the Mm. way so i would say cancel culture is where we totally invalidate that person right we're not Mm -hmm. subscribing to any of their thoughts their products whatever they're giving us we are not having it we're just erasing and the entire yeah pretty much you're erased yeah you're, you're erased. erased you no longer exist <laughs> yeah we're finished with yeah. you like you are off the radar <laughs> we're not giving you coin we're not giving you thought we're not giving you any, we're just not giving you that's okay. it we're done all right yeah i mean in a lot of ways it's, it's almost like in a medieval village like if you would say the wrong thing or if you'd have the wrong like like belief like you would get publicly shamed and then just kicked out of the village mm-hmm. like, right, like off with your head yeah mm-hmm. exactly which which is interesting because as much of an open-minded tolerant pluralistic culture we have it's almost like a human impulse that you can't avoid for us to to cancel it's like yeah. it's like excommunication from polite society basically and hmm. and you out so mm-hmm. we are pluralistic 
for the things we want to be pluralistic about. Amen. Like we are open to hearing thoughts from other people that slightly differ from ours, but most often than not, like people are not willing to hear a completely differing Absolutely. opinion that in, in some way invalidates their own. So right. they, we, people kind of, they pick and choose on the stuff that I, I, you know, I will allow you to disagree with me to this level and allow you to still not be canceled. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of subscribing to you still a little bit, but the second that you have a completely Opposing opinion to mine, well, you cancel. We yeah, finish because you you might think that baked chicken is better than fried chicken, Bruh, but you can't not like chicken. Don't get canceled because <laughs> then you be canceled. No, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, some cancellation is warranted. Though, mm-hmm. so, where do you draw the line? How do you define it in a way that's healthy? Not to play devil's advocate, but you might make the case that n- no cancellation is is good. Hmm. In the sense that, can anyone, can everybody be redeemed, right? So, if everyone can be redeemed, then should we cancel anybody? Um, I, I, I'm not sure what I think about that, but I feel like we should at least start there. Is canceling someone something that we should be doing? I think the Bible actually does support levels of cancellation. Okay. And I'm, I'm going to give y'all scripture Unpack on it. That. So like it, when Jesus said, like, if your brother sins against you in Matthew okay. 18, if Jesus says, if your brother sins against you, go to your brother privately between you and your brother and let them know if your brother listens to you, you want your brother back. If he doesn't listen to you, go with another witness and mm-hmm. talk to your brother again. And then it also outlines like if you go through all that steps and you get to the point where your brother will not listen to you, give him over to the devil. Like there is a point where like I've tried to reconcile the situation. You and I, we, we've talked about the issue. You are unrepentant in your in your your sin or you're unrepentant in whatever you're doing. I'm going to cancel you. So I think that there is a there is a level where the Bible does support. Like once you've gone through all of the mediation steps like that, that person can be canceled. Yeah, I. I would say that I see what you're saying, but the per- letting them go away to the devil, as it were, is so that they in turn can repent. So you let them get to that extreme. Like even Paul talks about this in First Corinthians chapter five, where he says, "Do not eat with such a brother." Is that there's a level of canceling going on there, but it's so that that brother can say, "Wow, they're no longer even willing to eat with me." I've messed up and repent and if he does repent he's allowed to come back into the body right so there's not an absolute cancellation that takes place it's Mm -hmm. like this partial cancellation so that the person can see what they're doing is wrong the problem with that though is when we talk about canceling in this culture we're not talking about some well we're going to cancel you in the hopes that you see that what you've done is wrong in the hopes that you can repent in the hopes that we can welcome you back into the community it's like we're done with you altogether forever. Mm-hmm. I agree, but I think you're right on that. Like, but even people who do get canceled in in culture, we're so fickle that we forget. Like, we really do forget okay. people's yeah. indiscretions, and it's like, oh, like he was canceled last week. Oh, am I supposed to be? Am I supposed to be listening to that person? Am I supposed to be shopping here? Is this person canceled or not? Yeah. And after a while, like you just forget your fury. So people, I don't know that there actually is a cancellation that happens forever even in, in our culture. A lot of it depends on how good their albums are. Right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Come on, R. Kelly. <sighs> well, yeah. And even R. Kelly, he's got canceled from some people, but he still has a lot of supporters. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, I just he saw a, a story. Some... 
that was where he is going to court right now to see if he can travel overseas. Yeah. Clearly, he's got a show booked overseas. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think I was listening. Oh, man. I'm about to do this thing where I reference something. I don't know what I'm talking about. But mm-hmm. I heard somewhere from mm-hmm. someone. Don't sound. Don't do it. That he still has. He was on his way to court and there is still a lot of female fans supporting him to this day. I like, was going to church the other day and I was definitely seeing this older black woman in her car bumping R. Kelly loud as day. <laughs> and I I looked at her like, what? Is she living <laughs> under a rock? Yeah. Black women remain to, his, to this day his largest supporters. I Some can't believe this. Some. Some. Some black True. women. But I mean, seeing as they were entirely his victims, he should be canceled completely. But I mean, so, but here's the thing. If R. Kelly got to a point, place where he was repentant, quote unquote, whatever that looks like, would we, is it right to uncancel R. Kelly? Mm. So, um, I think we can uncancel him, but his platform's got to go. I think that's what would happen. All right, R. Kelly, you repented, but... You need to lay low and lay back on your singing, your producing. We can't be seeing you out here in these streets like that. Yeah. Like lay low. Yeah, his uh, entire image. There needs have to, to be, be a different. season of silence. Yeah. Like he he can't he can't be R. Kelly anymore if he were to actually repent. Because right. Thinking about the content of right. his music, um, the songs that he writes, like he he just has to be a completely different person that would actually have the track record of there is visible repentance. Mm-hmm. So he couldn't be himself if he actually were to repent. So what if the victims were insistent that what he did to me warrants continual, um, for lack of better words, excommunication. Could we look at the victim and say, no, you know, we sh- he's, he's genuinely sorry. Now maybe he's done some time, you know, we should no longer have him at this place of, Exile, as I, it were. I think we should definitely go that approach. I think there's also a level that the vi- there needs to the victim needs to also be at a place where they're working on going through that process of grievance as well. Like you can't be in that season of pro- of grievance with that person forever. I think it's not healthy. Mm. Um, being aware. And being like being aware of how you feel going through, like processing it and then and dealing with it is great. But doing that forever is not a great place. It's not a great place to be in for a very long time, holding that against someone for a very long time. I think we also need to work with the victim as well as as well, like as also with the offender as well, like working with both people. Not to be at those places forever. Like, how, like, is that really fair? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like. Well, I think that's what's so hard about even making it like coming to some sort of like conclusive opinion on cancel culture because, I mean, for one, like your platform is not a, is not a right. It's a, it's a privilege, right? Mm -hmm. And honestly, up until the last, what, 100, 200 years, there wasn't celebrities. Mm -hmm. So, it's not like a this like solid institution where we could kick you out. It's very much just like the sway of public opinion 
there's no council of cancellation that, yeah. that like comes <laughs> down with an opinion and everybody like has to adhere to it. It's, it's so fluid. Like who is the we that works with the victim? Who is the we that decides, okay, this person now needs to be five, six years, seven years of like retribution. Like, uh, like how does that even work when it's so like fluid? I mean, the reality is, you know, you talk about retribution and what does that look like? I mean, what what does repentance even look like for R. Kelly? Is it enough for him to say he's sorry? Should he dish out funds? Should he, if he does show, should all his money go to the victims? Like, I don't know. I don't feel comfortable telling a victim that they should uncancel somebody. I mean, they should. I mean, I, I see the purpose of forgiveness. I see the need to no longer harbor something, but... You know, I can I can understand why that person would not want to esteem the offender to the same place that they once were. So, oh, absolutely. I don't, I, I don't think they should esteem them, but like keeping that in their like keeping that in their heart forever. Yeah, but we're talking about a a very serious case here in R. Kelly, which I think is very nuanced. But to be real, the people that we say we cancel a lot of the times haven't done anything anyway close to what R. Kelly's done. Right. It's just like sometimes I've seen people get canceled just having a different opinion. Right. That's maybe on pot. And I know, look, a lot of black community, but we do this a lot. Anybody that I think has contrarian thought to some of the main pillars of thinking that we subscribe to in the larger black community, like we cancel them. So I've seen substantial levels of cancellation and I've seen frivolous levels of cancellation. Like I think about um, there was a rallying cry for people to cancel Gucci because of the blackface sweater that they right. made. Like, oh, it's like, okay, no, y'all are problematic. You're canceled. We're not, you know, purchasing you anymore. There was also a cry for the black community to cancel H&M when they had yeah. the little boy in the, in the ad with a, with a monkey shirt on. Yeah. Um, so that those seem like really substantial levels of like, no, like you actually did like a really egregious offense. Like and, flagrant. Yeah. Flagrant. And this is worthy of, of cancellation. But then there have just been little quibbles on, you know, on on social media and things like that that happen where I've seen like people just going back and forth. And the initial reaction that you want to say is like, oh, you're canceled. Mm. I, I, I probably cancel about 15 people a day. And, <laughs> and you know, like I'm constantly unsubscribing. So it just there there is a level of weightiness that happens with it. But then there's also some frivolity that goes into cancellation. So talking about that, the, the frivolous, the frivolous kinds of cancellations, what's the impulse to cancel people so quickly? You got on my nerves because okay. you thought differently than I did. And I don't want to deal with you. So okay. mute. Cancel. I mean, ignorance, right? Like you sound really ignorant right now. I'm canceling you. Okay. But I mean, I think it's up for debate who sounds ignorant to who. Yeah. I mean, there's people who are very intelligent that sound ignorant to me and some of the opinions that they hold. Am I then therefore right to cancel them? Am mm -hmm. I? I think you are. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> so we're basically saying yes, cancel at your own discretion. Yeah. Is that is that the position we're taking? Is that? I don't want to get canceled. So you know, I don't I don't know. Like, I think like there is a level of social consciousness that has to happen where like someone is doing something that is flagrantly egregious. 
hurting a group of people okay. or disrespecting a group of people there with we have to come together as a collective and say like i will no longer fund what you're doing i will no longer give my support to what you're doing and you need to understand that this is wrong so we are as this collective group holding you accountable in cancellation i think that 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 is true and right and that is something that has to happen but I think as individuals, we also got to look at, at at ourselves and think like, oh, what is my reason for wanting to cancel this individual or this person? Are they doing something that is evil? Are they doing something that is like morally egregious? Or do I just not like what they're saying? Like mm. if that is like completely different than what I would think. Or are they just irritating me? Like what is what is mm. my motivation for wanting to cancel this individual? Right. So you could end up canceling that person yesterday. And then be like, <laughs> oh, you back on, I could subscribe. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I think um I think also just like the terms of cancel like I like what is the is if is if the end goal is to actually one see people uh to see people fall back into right uh, mm-hmm. behavior and right, like, you know, right belief and right, you know, if, if that's the end goal, um, and the end goal is also just to see like our society flourish more. There's certain degrees to cancellation, which could even be a little bit count, like counterintuitive to that, because I think about the fact that they're like, there's a whole underground of like the internet to where you go if you have an opinion that you feel like isn't of yeah, like popular. polite society, right? Yeah. And then mm-hmm. there's all these YouTube and podcast personalities that are basically like on the fringes of like the alt-right, so to speak, yeah. Yeah. that are the most popular podcast and YouTube people for a reason because people, I think people feel like I have this dirty secret that I mm. feel this type of way. Yeah. yeah, And they don't, and I think if no one's willing to have a conversation or engage, mm-hmm. I think you have to recognize that there's there's a whole subculture of people that feel yes. that basically feel like they're feel part outcast. of the cancel. They feel yeah. canceled, and yes. they've just been driven some extremism, frankly, yes. in a lot yeah. of cases, absolutely, because they just feel like their whole identity is canceled. Yeah. Um, and so, I don't know what it looks like to rebuke and seek justice, and without, like, I don't know what the right mechanism is. I just think that. There needs to be a conversation. Like you need to be aware of that. You know, I don't know that our society is enlightened enough to have those kinds of conversations and have them be redemptive. As I think about, um, you know, in issues when when Donald Trump first got elected, like my timeline was full of cancellations because, like, if there were, if you even said like oh you voted for him in any way shape or form it's like let me know who voted for Donald Trump raise your hand so I can unfriend you right (laughs) now um so we don't even have to have any communication um and I think like even with social media with like the algorithms they're spun in such a way that we end up talking to the same people who who think exactly like us yeah anyway so there it there there aren't these forums where we can have healthy conflict to talk about like I feel like this and I disagree with you because or then I respectfully disagree so we we don't really have those places and spaces where we can actually like talk about that so it does end up where there are these subversive movements where like oh I have to support Donald Trump in shame in you know or I have to agree with his policies in shame because you know no one wants to listen to me as to why um I think about you know, Kanye West, the second that he went to the the White House, oh, we were we were done with him. Oh, yeah. Um, but 
it, while I, I disagree with what Connie was saying, is like, did we actually listen to him as to why he went to the White House? Um, and, and I don't think people were, were really open and ready to like hear a differing opinion, whether right or yeah. wrong. They just weren't open to it. And I, I think that even just, I don't know, because I, I think a lot of these people, they're just not willing to change their opinion. Mm-hmm. And so they like they uh, having the, giving them more and more of a platform is is wrong and not helpful and not yeah. healthy. Yeah. But it's almost like it, the Internet is not the place where it's going to get hashed out. Absolutely. Right. And so like if like, you know, I, I'm just thinking about what you mentioned before with the James White thing. I'm off Twitter. I mean, I'm like on Twitter, but I'm not tweeting. But the whole James White thing got me so tight that I went on and I just tweeted at James White. <laughs> so but, but there's people I know that ha- would have the same opinion as James White. And mm-hmm. I handle the conversation totally differently if I'm yeah. talking to someone in yeah, real yeah, life. Yeah. And so, um, I, like, I, <laughs> I have a lot less smoke when I'm in person, right? Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, in some ways, that's a good thing. Because, like, I have to actually, it, it might take a three hour conversation to walk someone off the problematic ledge. Yeah. Mm. So, how do you post your way out of that? Yeah. And I think that's the tension that I think I don't even know how to resolve. Internet just might not be the place. Yeah. So, yeah, that's very, it's very challenging. I mean, because I do think that with, with, um, see, when people do feel canceled and they hold these extreme views, they go to these dark places on the internet and they feed their, passions and sometimes it leads to horrible things like we see we've seen recently so many attacks from white supremacists um taking place and we can't we can't blame cancel culture for that that's you know no, but no at the no, same no. time just just being honest no, no no yeah for sure i'm definitely not saying cancel culture has is, is to blame for that um i and i'm not i'm not entirely sure entertaining like you said entertaining them because at the end of the day like these individuals who hold views like that, extreme views that are hurtful to other people, they should not be given a platform to, I, I, some part of me is like, yeah, we shouldn't allow you to spread your views. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we, we shouldn't, right? But the reality is, the, the scary part is, a lot of people, people that we don't, more people than we think actually hold these views, and, and they're so, sitting right next to us in the church. And it's sitting right next to us. Amen. And Hello. so and so it's almost like if we I think we think we're completing the mission by shutting down certain people, but we're actually not, right? And so then at that point it's like, well, at some point we do have to engage people because yeah. there are people who in your mind you would respect a whole lot more you know, you respect them a whole lot more because you don't know they hold these views, but they actually do hold these views. So, yeah. So, I don't know. It's a complex thing. Yeah, and I think I just lament the, just the culture in general, man. Mm-hmm. Just like the fact that that everything is so toxic that, you know, it would lead people to, to, to such extremes. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, I guess, man, this just got really dark, really deeply. Yeah. But uh, I, I actually have to put money in my meter. <laughs> yeah. So can I go do that real quick? Yeah. Oh, and then, uh, all right, so we're we're in, I mean, we're in the thick of cancel culture, so to speak. So, I mean, what are the aspects of it that are positive and what are the aspects of it that we need to be wary of and not get caught up in because they're actually counter to the gospel? Well, I, I, 
I can speak for myself for the negative aspects of cancel culture, which is something I actually subscribe to. Um, my, my my sin pattern, my, my, my life struggle and sin pattern has been holding grudges. Like I, I'm a receipt keeper. I have, I have stuff mm. that people have done to me in, in second grade that I still to this day, I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, you're canceled off that. Like go, go away peasant. Um, but it, it, you know, that there, there can be a sense of like, if anyone commits any form of offense, like we are ready to just hold that grudge forever and just cut them off. And, you know, and the, the gospel is speaking to my heart on that mm, one. And I have been able to, the to yeah, oh, the gospel, <laughs> the Jesus of the Bible. I have been able to like forgive people that I wouldn't normally forgive. But I think like in, in that same way, if it is, if it is an individual sin pattern that happens with holding grudges, there, there can also be a collective sin pattern that happens. Like when we subscribe to cancel culture that we can hold grudges and just like, you know, harbor this sense of unforgiveness toward people. And that's a, a negative aspect with it. Mm. Mm. My confessional is done. <laughs> but the positive that. is like we were saying earlier, um, we're holding that person accountable to mm-hmm. what they said, especially when it's, like super egregious to a group of people that like didn't deserve that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I I do think that especially when people stand to make money or profit off of what they've done and it's egregious, it, it definitely is a positive thing in my opinion to say, we will not support this business. Right. And, and we've seen historically that the black community has taken you know, civil rights movement, we we did that. And it did lead to a lot of change because Absolutely. guess what? Money talks. Yeah. People yeah. are like, they could be oppressing you all they want, but you stop paying them. They're like, all right, you know, maybe I need to stop oppressing you so you can start <laughs> paying me again. You know, so yes, I do think that when, when egregious things have been done, and especially when money is involved, canceling people, right? Can can that definitely be a, po- a huge positive? Yeah, in some in some aspects, there's a, a a positive that happens where you are freeing yourself from disempowering mindsets and thinking, um, like and 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 certain beliefs. Like if you you realize a person is saying something that is just very problematic, and you say, you know what, I don't subscribe to that thinking that belief. Like there is a freedom that you have within yourself that you you change your mindset and you move away from things that are that are detrimental to yourself. So that is a positive aspect that comes from cancellation. But when it's done in a sense of like, okay, I want to move away from flawed thinking into more more positive thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the thing that I struggle with it is. Uh is is like slandering people, mm. you know, and like kind of shaping p- other people's opinions about someone when they're not in the room to have the ability to defend themselves, so to speak. So I don't think this is much can this is more call out culture, but just like man, just like painting someone in like the absolute worst light mm. when maybe if I knew them, I wouldn't do the same thing, or maybe I do know them and I'm doing the same thing. And that's even worse. So. I'm kind of like wrestling through what what degree of the calling out aspect of it feeds like self-righteousness mm. to the point where it's like, if I cancel you, I guess I'm kind of de facto saying I'm uncancelable or I'm not problematic. Yeah. I mean, I do hear you. I think there's a difference between you personally canceling somebody and then you calling, calling others to cancel someone that, that call out aspect is huge. I think my, my biggest struggle with it is 
I, I see the way I'm wired and I'm much more wired for dialogue. I'm much more wired for, I can get into a conversation with someone that I think holds pretty ignorant, pretty damaging views. And as long as that person's not trying to kill me or hurt me, like I can sit down with a tremendous amount of patience and talk to that person. And so cancel culture just kind of goes against my nature because I just would rather, because I, I always feel like I can out debate you and change your mind anyway. <laughs> so I would rather not cancel you. And I feel like it's more productive to change people's minds, but you know, that's just me. I, I will say I don't have an issue with individuals, especially if you've been traumatized from certain things like race issues or issues of injustice to where if, if you feel like engaging people on that bleeds to more trauma and leads to your own emotional, like not, not well-being for lack of, that's not, I'm not like how I phrase that, but it leads to your own further trauma. Then I could see why you could say, look, I'm canceling this person. I don't feel like engaging this because this is, this is too much for me. So, but we're all wired differently. So, so we've just had a lot of, Heavy topics that we've been talking about. So we we started off the episode talking about Jesse Smollett and the implications with his case and how social media took what happened with his case and just ran with it. And there were these, you know, just explosive reactions on both sides for and against Jesse Smollett. Then thinking about like how does social media, how does our reactions on social media, how does that impact culture? How does that impact the way that we dialogue with each other? And then how that feeds into the sense of cancel culture where we're just, you know, canceling people left and right. Like, should we be doing that? Should we not be doing that? What does that mean? So ultimately like what, what charge would you leave with us? Like as we are all millennials, all on social media and we're interacting with culture with, with big stories that are happening with, you know, people that say things that might, you know, instigate us, like how do we interact with social media from a gospel lens? And what, what does all this mean that we now do? Seek justice, love mercy, walk humbly. And so um, pretty much how that works out is by standing up for what's right when it comes to issues that are dealing with disenfranchising people or something that's just egregious to a situation, like just an egregious situation. Um, Walk humbly, meaning thinking before you speak, right? If you're walking humbly, you're realizing that you are a, person that needs that has your flaws as well and Mm -hmm. that you need to see that situation for what it is before you speak and then love mercy looking at that person in the situation or the peoples in the situations as though they're redeemable like they are someone that christ came down and died for so yeah so for me as i think about this you know i'm to be honest with you i'm still parsing through what i think about cancel culture but assuming that it is something that Christians can, you know, people can continue to do this, especially on social media. Um, I would say that there's definitely some biblical parameters that we have to play within. Um, If we quote unquote decide to cancel someone, we cannot erase this person's human worth and this Mm -hmm. person's dignity and the fact that they've been made in the image of God. Um, We, we have to respect them. They don't, they don't become, subhuman um, because we've canceled them. And I don't know what that looks like in terms of the way we interact with them, 
but we we have to respect their humanity, right? Um, that's number one. Number two, I think that we have to see people as individuals who can repent, change their mind, truly recognize their wrongs. And I know it's up for debate what level of support someone should get after they've repented, but I do think that I do think that the gospel will call us to on some level seek to reingratiate this person. Um, again, you know, people might have all kinds of motivations for why they say they're the now wrong. Some people I'm, I'm, I'm thinking in terms of businesses here, a lot of businesses might say, Oh, I'm sorry about that. Come buy my product again. Right. And it's not real repentance, but I feel like we should be trying to discern for genuine acknowledgement that something was egregious and we should be, we should be moving to no longer quote unquote, have that person be canceled. So I feel like the gospel would have us to um, just make sure that people are respected um, if we talk about quote unquote canceling them. But I do think that ultimately the positive aspects of it, like speaking out for what's right, recognizing that someone like Farlene was saying has violated in a serious way. And this is a matter of justice. Is also a positive. So, but I'm honestly, I'm still thinking. I might, I might hop back on here next episode and be like, "Nah, canceling is all wrong." Here's why I think it is. But that's my thoughts for now. So, Guys, thank you so much for listening to this. Man, we want to hear your opinions as well. I mean, if you think that we were way off on this episode, definitely let us know, man. Comment, um, hit us back, hit us up. Um, you can hit us up at cityimagepodcast at gmail.com. If you want to send us an email, we're on social media, The City Image on Instagram, um, The City Image on Twitter. Message us. Let us know your opinions, your thoughts on social media, on social media. <laughs> yeah, I don't see what I did there. Okay, <laughs> um, but yeah, let us know, man, because we we want to have we want to keep the conversation going. So anyway, I'm signing off. This is Brian, the theological giant. Who I got with me? Signing off. Let, let them know. Andy, aka Young Nassau County. Okay. Varlene, aka the Wild Thornberry. Bye, y'all. Where that's the principal, <laughs> aka the woman with principal. All right, guys. Thank you so much. See you in the next one. <laughs>